0: The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not contain or constitute and should not be interpreted as any form of medical advice or opinion. You should always seek the advice of your health care provider about any questions or concerns that you may have. Welcome back to the Building Healthier Relationships podcast. On this show, we interview mental health professionals about abusive, toxic, and healthy relationships. It is our hope that these interviews help you cultivate safe relationships.
1: They're not blaming you because you have done anything wrong. They're blaming you. They're putting their blame onto you. So it doesn't the blame doesn't belong with you in the first place. So if you start defending yourself, that's almost like accepting all that, all those feelings.
0: Hello everyone, my name is Juliana Akin, I'm the host of Building Healthier Relationships podcast and a co-founder of Unfiltered. Today I'm interviewing Lucianne, she's a registered counsellor specialising in narcissistic abuse. She was raised by a strict narcissistic mother, and with her foundation of personal experience of narcissistic abuse in relationships, together with her years of studying the academic research on narcissism, she feels that she is well equipped to help people of any age heal from their narcissistic abuse, validate their feelings, and help them build a happier, safer, and narcissist-free future. Are you wondering how you should respond to a narcissist who is constantly blaming you? Are you unsure about whether or not the narcissist in your life is abusive? Would you like to learn how you can validate your own thoughts, feelings and emotions? If you can relate to any of these questions, then this episode is for you, because Luciana will be discussing these topics in our show today. Hi Luciana, thank you for joining me today. It's nice to have you on this episode.
1: Hello, Juliana. thank you for having me back.
0: Uh, It's always nice to have you in this show. And today we have three questions and they all deal with like a little bit gaslighting and being in a very long-term narcissistic relationship. And the uh, first question is, A while back, I was having a conversation with my mom and I said, why can't you see the way that you raised me is part of the reason that I'm struggling so much right now. She responded by refusing to take responsibility for her mistakes and blaming me for everything. Uh, This was an uh, unpleasant experience for me. So my question is, what are some of of the ways that someone could respond
1: to a narcissist who
0: is blaming them?
1: So there's two parts to this. I think the first part when she asks her mum, you know, why can't you see the way that you raised me as part of the reason that I am struggling so much right now. The first thing I would say is what, what, what is it that she's wanting from her mum by even asking that question? Does she want some validation? Does she want an apology? Um, does she want her mum to say, oh, I've been wrong all along. Well, there's a need in her that's actually having the conversation with her mum in the first place um so i yes i wonder if she should look at that first just to see what it is that she's expecting from her mum it sounds to me that she sort of you know she wants to um her mum to realize you know her mum has been wrong all this time and she wants some sort of an uh, even acknowledgement of what's happened um, if not an apology from her mum, that will validate her own feelings, you know. Mm. Mm. Um, so, but of course, with a narcissistic person, you'll never get that. You never get, oh yes, you were right. I'm wrong. I've been wrong all the time, and I've done everything wrong. Mm. Um, that's not going to happen, you know.
0: And actually, actually, uh, I can say something about this because uh, I was in this situation a while ago. It's been, I think four months already but anyway like I asked a similar question from my mom and you are right what I was looking for was some kind of acknowledgement that or validation of the situation that you know some kind of maybe responsibility and then the apology so yeah. you are we are right with that that at, at least that was what I was seeking out yeah
1: and I, I was seeking that as well for a long time with my own mom Mm. and even you know before she died i was and i thought i'd had a lot of counseling before then so i understood more about her and the dynamic but even i was even i thought oh well before she dies she's she's gonna say sorry and she's gonna admit you know all the times that she did the whatever wrong
0: mm. but
1: nope she died without apology without acknowledging any of it it never happened <laughs>
0: I'm
1: so sorry no 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 it was fine it Mm -hmm. it just it was just a final because I imagined in her process of dying that oh well this is this is it she's got to there was just a secret little bit inside me that still Mm -hmm. was seeking something you know Mm -hmm. um but nope and I've heard this from other people as well you know when they've been with their with their loved one you know when they're about to pass on that there's Mm -hmm. nothing you
0: know, Mm. and I think here we need to separate kind of there are two types of apologies. There's sincere apology, and that the person actually means it. And then there is this apology that comes with, you know, they always like, okay, I'm sorry, but the word "but" (laughs) is always like, I'm sorry, But, and it's, it, it kind of is like, okay, I'm not taking the full responsibility of this, or um, like, yeah, the word but often undermines anything that came before the word but.
1: Exactly. So they're not apologizing at all. (laughs) They're (laughs) just saying the words and then trying to re, you know, get it back to themselves that no, they're fine and it's all your fault again. (laughs) Mm,
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that was exactly in my case that I did get a response like I had let's say I don't remember exactly how many points I had but I had you know bullet point list of yeah. things I wanted to say and it was very structured my message and everything and she did address all of those bullet points that I had but always with the word but, but yeah. yeah and yeah. so it it the conversation really didn't go anywhere yeah, and yeah. I felt even more confused because I was like, well, she is responding something she is the points that she is bringing up, they are valid, like I can understand her point of view. But at the same time, I get got more confused. And I got more um, my I felt like I am this, you know, ungrateful person brat who brings up these things and i should be grateful for all the things that she did great because she then brought up all those things like why why can't you see that i did all all those that all those things as well and you know stuff like like that so it really wasn't a good idea in the end
1: (laughs) it's when you just have an expectation if you can just not have an expectation to begin with So don't expect her ever to admit anything or apologize or anything because once you have an expectation and have this kind of conversation then the only outcome can be disappointment, more pain, more hurt, more upset. Um, It just doesn't work. So I, I would say just to address your expectations before you have any conversation really with a narcissistic person just think what what am i expecting of this what is the need what need do i have and is it likely that my needs are going to be met in Mm. this conversation and the probable answer is no they're not going to be met (laughs) so therefore (laughs) don't even bother (laughs) okay it's going to make things worse for you
0: yeah so are you saying that the importance of checking with yourself about what are your needs and what are your expectations because you are reaching out to this person is to kind of realize that, hey, I can meet this need by myself without even reaching out to the person. Or is there something else to this?
1: Well, hopefully you will be able to make, meet your own needs in the end. But most of us, especially with our mums when we're younger, perhaps we do have that need. I mean, it's all, your your mum, she's been there, well, physically she's been there for all of our childhood, if we're lucky um you know so it's um it's it's just important isn't it to get some kind of validation um you know for all your years of suffering that you've had with her <laughs> it's kind of innate in us that we want to you know um for them to go actually you're right, you know mm. I did do this wrong, and I didn't do that, and I should have done that and, you know um especially if you've had a lot of gaslighting, of course, which a lot of us have, um, it becomes even more important then, um, you know, to, to get some sort of validation that it's not us, you know, we're not going mad, <laughs> it's them. They're the ones that are not seeing things properly or, you know, not addressing stuff.
0: Mm. So it's mm. just
1: always good just, for it, just to be mindful of your own needs and expectations so that you can... Just yeah, play it a bit more carefully, perhaps, mm. um, because really, if you don't, if you even if you were to have the conversation without any expectations at all, at least then you wouldn't be so disappointed afterwards because you didn't expect anything in the first place. Mm. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. What about then? Let's back to the question. Uh, here it says what are some of some some ways that someone could respond to a narcissist who is blaming them so in this situation the person has already you know reached out and the conversation is going and then the narcissist blames them so what would you say to a person who is wondering how they then could respond to the narcissist who is blame shifting basically
1: yeah exactly so I was gonna say so for example with blame Um, I think I've probably showed you this before, but I'm going to show you again. So the narcissistic person always has to be in a superior position all the time and you have to be in a, you know, a submissive position is ideal because then they have all the power, the control, they feel in control and that's good, they're happy. But the second that you talk or you say something back or you do something really well, they will see that as a threat and they Mm. have to then put it down. So if they've done something wrong, um, of course, they can't look at themselves and blame themselves because that's just too, it's too painful for them. So the only way is to blame, to blame you, especially a daughter, that's the perfect person. So they will just blame you, blame you, blame you, even if it's obvious that it was their fault. Mm. It's Still, you will get the blame. Um, Any mistakes is the same, you know, for her mistakes, it's you that gets blamed. Um, so I think just understanding that is a help towards, you know, sort of um, processing this in your own head. Once Because it's so... Most of us just can't understand when somebody else has done something wrong that we get, then get the blame. We just then assume we sort of internalise it and we accept the blame,
0: mm-hmm.
1: especially as a young person. Um, because it's it's not even... Um, you know, uh, what's the word? It doesn't even come into our brains that they would be almost lying or or blaming us. Well, you know, yeah. we just say oh gosh, we must have done something wrong then. You yeah. know, so it's really really difficult, um, to get your head around it all. I think. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah but but like that... I say, if you. Oh, sorry. No, no. Please continue. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, I think once you understand that. Um, then that's a huge part just to to going through your own process um, and hopefully recognising, ah, so that wasn't my fault, that was them. I think as well when you're still in the situation, so, you know, if you're still living with your mum, that's sort of quite impossible to get your head around it properly because you're still in that dynamic. So it's sort of being reinforced all you know, day in, day out, the same stuff going over and over again. So um, I don't I don't know, it you know, maybe it's only until once you leave home that you can finally start processing it all and really truly understanding how awful it, it was.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think about kind of these grey rock answers? Let's say this person is in the conversation with this person and then the mother or whoever the narcissistic person in their life is and then they are blaming, I have heard like, some of the most common like kind of gray rock response would be we agree that we disagree (laughs) about this situation or are there any other kind of just like that could you say something like like example sentences that are neutral and are such that you don't put yourself down in the process but at the same time you don't kind of validate the narcissist narcissist
1: exactly yes i think um Oh, it just came to me there. Like, um, I'm if if your mum, for example, says, "Oh, you know, um, you just treat me so badly," and I feel I feel I'm so upset or I'm so disappointed or whatever in you because you did the blah, blah, blah. Mm. Uh, what you could say is, "Oh, I'm sorry that you feel like that." Mm. <laughs> so you're not actually saying sorry that you know you're not. Um, sort of taking responsibility. You're not accepting the responsibility that isn't yours in the first place. Mm. Um, So you are, but you are saying, oh, I'm sorry that you feel like that. Mm. It's sort of putting it back onto them without hopefully realising. We're, we're responsible for how we feel. We are responsible for our own feelings and that's that. Mm. So, you know, yeah, I feel like this, you feel like that and you feel like that
0: that's that we are
1: all responsible for our own feelings so none of this oh you made me feel this no (laughs) i did this and you feel like that i didn't make you feel anything that's impossible unless i go and you know punch you on the nose (laughs) then yes you might feel a bit you know pissed off but um you know you yeah we we have to take responsibility for how we feel Yeah, you know, that's, yeah, it's, it is our responsibility. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so I suppose if somebody, if a narcissistic person, like a mum, is blaming you for everything, um, really there's nothing you can do. You mm. can't defend yourself or try to explain because they don't want to hear what you're having to say. They're not blaming you because you have done anything wrong they're blaming you, they're putting their blame onto you. So it doesn't, the blame doesn't belong with you in the first place. Mm. <laughs> they're just putting the blame, you know, they have for themselves, their bad feelings and they're putting it onto you. Yeah. So If you start defending yourself, that's almost like accepting all that, all those feelings, you know, and putting the blame onto you and you're accepting them, then you start defending yourself. You have nothing to defend. You have you're not to be blamed. It's not your fault.
0: Mm.
1: So, really, one I think uh, there's a there's a what is she? I think she might be a Buddhist nun, but I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, she's called Pema Chodron. And both mm. the O's have got an umlaut on her. Anyway, Chodron or something. Um, Pema. She talks about getting hooked in. Um, to arguments or disagreements or discussions or something and the second that you start defending yourself that shows me that you then have hooked into to the emotion mm. so if they have said oh you're so stupid for doing that if you feel then you've been called stupid all your life for example then you start you know you get feel full of anger um, and then you feel the need to defend yourself and never, you know but actually, it wasn't your. It's nothing to do with you. None of it is. It's just they've won. They've won because they've they've they know what buttons to press in you that makes gives you an emotional response, and then you hook into it, and then of course you start defending yourself and explaining and all the rest of it. Mm. So I know it's really. I'm saying this like it's easy to do. I know it's not. It's really difficult. But if You can just try to remain detached as much as you can and not get hooked into it. Just see if you can just if you can just step one step away from it. Um I I say to people, it's like um, it's like going outside of yourself, taking a step back and watching the situation from somebody else's perspective. Mm. If you can do that, It's like you're not you are being I'm not saying it's like an out of body experience. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's just viewing it from a slightly different angle so that you are behind yourself almost. Um, that helps um, some people just not to get hooked in so quickly. Mm. Um, and just to, yeah, just to remain detached, not get emotionally hooked in.
0: Um, yeah. yeah. Thank that
1: you. So. Any sense at all.
0: Yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense why should you try to defend someone else's blame
1: exactly yes yeah and because that... we feel sorry we feel so because it's wrong and it's unjust when we're being accused of something or blamed for something that wasn't our fault and we that's innate in us again that it's not hang on this isn't fair no i have to stand up for myself but of course, there's no point in standing up to yourself with a narcissistic person. Mm. Because that's what they want. They want an argument. They want emotion. They want drama.
0: Yeah. And as soon as you start to aggressively defend yourself, because what you said, it is uh, like unfair that they are blaming yourself. That is, well, first of all, that if you feel anger, I think that feeling you should validate that yourself to yourself, like, yeah, my feeling of anger, it is justified because I'm right now I'm being accused of something that is not my fault, like, kind of accept that that internal dialogue that you have with yourself, you should validate that uh, for yourself. And then maybe it's easier to not to engage and defend yourself to that narcissistic person. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, I agree. Just yes, to acknowledge that yes, you're feeling angry and it's okay. So you should be, mm. <laughs> but then just not get hooked into because it's just giving them more power.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and love than a good old argument or whatever.
0: Yeah, and I think the one of the reasons why they kind of, well, I I don't know for sure, but what came, comes to my mind, why would they do that in the first place? The, uh, you know, once you once you start defending, it takes the attention away from the original issue which is the narcissist did something wrong and you are calling them out and then all of a sudden the situation is turned into a situation where you are just defending yourself even though you didn't do anything and they and then you two are not anymore addressing the original issue.
1: Yes. And the narcissist has won basically because yeah. they changed it all around and it's all your fault and that's that <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah 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 great yeah. I, I think uh so today the, to the about this question what we were what is my takeaway was that you should first set realistic realistic expectations for the interactions interaction if you are if you have decided that okay i'm going to you know, ha- have this conversation with them, but then first check in with yourself if you could validate yourself, if you would be able to have your me- needs met. Yes. But if you do enter into this conversation, you need to have your expectations set right, which means not have any expectations at all. Okay. And then if the conversation goes to, uh, them blaming you, do not defend yourself use the gray rock method, like use the gray rock method responses. For example, we are agreeing that we disagree in this matter or I'm sorry, you feel that way, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just about keeping yourself out of it, saying as little as possible because you have nothing to see.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> They're not listening to you anyway. So yeah. There's no point.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that is very important. Since uh, there basically isn't much that you can say to the narcissist because they are not listening, then you should again ask yourself why then, in the first place, start this conversation if I am limited to almost not being able to say anything, not being able to express my original, you know, thought or concern.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, Uh then the next question is, uh this is also very personal for me, mm-hmm. struggling with this all the time. But the <laughs> second question is, I struggle with self doubt on a daily basis. I'm terrified that I'm wrong and that my mom isn't as abusive as I think that she is. How can I overcome the self doubt that I have despite being gaslighted in nearly every interaction that I have with my mom? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I can relate to this too. <laughs> yeah. The first thing I think I might have mentioned this already, that as a young person, we just assume that our mum, one is on our side and two is telling the truth. Why would your mum lie to you if that's not even a thing, is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that's, yeah, that sort of puts us at a disadvantage really. Um, from the outset because of course it's just a given that your mum's going to be honest and and care for you and not blame you, you know. So, um, yes, the the gaslighting, I think, on a daily, minute by minute basis is the real. That's the bit that really messes with your head, isn't it? And then you do, you know, you sort of believe her, of course, because she's your mum. But then your own brain is going, what? That's not quite right. it's a very difficult mindset. Um, yes, if she, you know, sometimes your mum as well can say, oh, you know, you you have it easy. You know, in my life, I have to do this, this and this. And um, so it's sort of making you feel guilty for being too. Oh, you're, you know, you're you're so spoiled. We give you everything. You have all the toys that you want and you're still ungrateful. And again, that blaming it onto you. Um, you know um, yeah I think this comes down to the understanding again of how dysfunctional her thinking reasoning and blaming you for everything just how ridiculous that all is and again when you're in the situation and you're getting it day in day out um it's really hard to see it properly but simply by understanding that actually Um, her thinking, her reasoning um, and blaming you for everything. It's just, it's it's not, it's not possible that everything is your fault. Mm,
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, no matter how, you know, horrible and stupid and whatever else she calls you, nothing, you know, it's not all your fault.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, the problems in the different part of the world are not your fault. (laughs) you know, um, it's it's really hard. I think that a lot of it is just so irrational. There's no, there's no rationale behind a lot of it It's just narcissistic people. They tend to just, um, find any old excuse in that second. And then they sort of, it's like they file that into their memory as though that was the truth. So if they haven't got a proper reason why whatever happened, they just invent it. And then that suddenly becomes that's that's their reality. So it's that's crazy thinking, you know, there's no logic. It's just it's just an excuse that's pulled out of thin air. Mm. Um, So, yeah, it's again, when you're out of it, you can maybe see it a bit more clearly and see how ridiculous it all is. But when you're in it, of course, and when you're younger, perhaps too, it's really difficult to see that that's not that's yeah. not normal thinking. It's not. It's not functional. You know. Yeah. Uh, healthy thinking.
0: Yeah, I agree with what you said, and I was thinking myself about this question, and I found like four things that have helped me to manage the self doubt, mm-hmm. and one is. I remind myself to look at the facts so what has happened yeah i I bet like yeah like that is you have to maybe write down everything first and then look look at the facts look at the past experiences and the memories and stuff like that and then second um think about what situation triggers the self-doubt. This came to my mind when you said that, do they call you ungrateful? Like for example, uh, because you might not be in this self-doubting state of mind like every time, all the time, like 24 seven. Mm-hmm. For example, in my case, it often gets triggered if my mom is nice to me. Like mm-hmm. she says something nice or... Yeah. Uh, I seem to have a good conversation with her or she mm. asks me what Christmas present I want. And then I'm like, all of, all of a sudden filled with self doubt again, because then I'm like, why would a toxic mother want to give me a Christmas present? And then I, then I forget all the bigger picture. Like mm. I, I don't see it anymore. So mm. think about if you are having this self doubt, did they just call you? Did something just remind you of them? And I'm not talking about only like, if like uh, this applies to any kind of narcissistic relationship that you are in or have experienced, like look really into that. What happened? Did something happen? Mm -hmm. And then three, what has helped me a lot, like really, really much, is that I educated myself about healthy relationships. What is that it should be And then it's very easy to see, okay, I didn't have that. That didn't happen. That went horribly wrong, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, that, that helped me a lot. So whether it's, if you have a narcissistic parent, then you should look into what is this like healthy parenting. And if it's a narcissistic romantic relationship, then look into healthy romantic relationship dynamics and characteristics. Yeah. And then yeah. last one, the fourth one that has helped me to deal with self doubt is that I need to really check in with myself. Am I kind of confusing the feeling of self doubt with kind of hope? I don't know, is this the right way to say it in English, but like, I, I often feel like also one, or oh, this maybe goes a little bit to this, my second point that I need to look at what situations or feelings trigger it, but often my feelings of hope or, you know, kind of craving, having something different, uh, triggers self doubt at the same time, which is weird. It's, it's so weird, but I have noticed this pattern of mine that, so if you can identify your own patterns, then you can maybe more easily deal with the self doubt.
1: Yeah. Because you can see that if, if she were just to change a little bit, then you would have a perfect relationship. So there is mm-hmm. that hope in us that one day they will change, or they will realise, or they will wake up and see the reality. That that's normal, isn't it? So yeah. we do we do hope that they are going to change a little bit, or just it's just like well, if they could just see it, then it would all be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's that sort of feeling, you know, which is absolutely true, <laughs> but of course it's never going to happen. <laughs> you know, I have the same things written down. Um, and i said about gathering evidence yeah um so recording everything writing stuff down writing conversations down um you know when they promise you stuff write that those sort of things i don't know write as much as you can write it all down and i'm not saying again to show this later on saying oh no i've written it down you said this and no This Mm. is just to validate you that you're not going mad, you're not losing your memory, none of that. It's just to validate that you were that, you you know, that was your reality and you're right. Mm. So that's very important. And I agree about the breadcrumbing as well. Watch out when they're trying to give you something nice or promise something nice. Oh, they're going to get you a lovely Christmas present. Oh, great. Um, Watch out for that, too. I just don't take anything from a narcissistic people,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: um, because it's always um, with an underlying, uh, I don't know, it's giving them power, they hold power over you. If they've given something nice to you, they uh, then have power.
0: Yeah, it comes with a underlying statement, you owe me something now, yeah. I'm expecting something return, and look yeah. how great person I am to you, because I'm like thinking about
1: you. Yes. So, yes, don't touch it with a barge pole. Don't, don't, don't just, no, thank you, I don't want that just now, or no, thank you, I'm not eating that, or whatever. Just, no, thank you, and don't Don't take it from them. <laughs> Again, with, with parents, of course, it's, it's, you know, it's it's more normal, isn't it, to, to yeah. receive a present from your mum or something. Yeah, yeah. But um, even then, no, too dangerous to accept it. exactly
0: uh... (laughs) i have found it very difficult to say anything like that because i'm scared that uh, i have younger siblings so i'm kind of scared Mm -hmm. that then like if i would really you know put everything no 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 to her that would she say something like well i don't trust you anymore enough to be around your younger siblings or you know something like that so and they are like 10 years old and seven years old. So it's quite a long time still that they are, for example, 18. Yes. And uh, it will be still, I I still want to kind of create memories with them while they're, you know, at at that
1: age. So, yeah, yeah. That's really difficult, isn't it? Gosh, I was going to add to this as well. Um, oh, yes, just this is going to sound really basic, but just trying not to spend too much time with her oh Um, yeah you know even if you're living with her and you know it's in their house um, but just try not to spend as you know just try to spend as little time with her as possible
0: yeah because this question like uh despite being like gaslighted in nearly every interaction with uh that i have with my mom so naturally if you limit those interactions you are not being gaslighted anymore So hopefully that means that you are not anymore struggling that much with self-doubt because you don't have these situations where you start to question yourself again. And instead you should try to surround yourself with safe people who validate you and want the best for you.
1: Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yes. I I (laughs) I read you some good friends. (laughs) I know (laughs) you get some good friends around you and spend time with them or siblings who are, you know, but just try to not spend as little time as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah. With, um,
1: the narcissist. it's just not worth it. It drags you down It you know, it takes it like sucks your energy. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. Healthy yeah, relationships
0: is- can heal us like a yes, lot exactly. healthy, healthy relationships. And that's why it's so important to have the support group around you. It feels like it feels really amazing to have actually people who Are honest and genuinely want to the best for you compared to you know people who just narcissistic people who just wants want to I don't know use use you for whatever their to meet their personal needs and purposes and goals.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, The other thing I was going to say was just just to try and build up yourself um, is just to write down a list of all the positive things about you. So that could be, you know, from things that you like, how you look, you know, oh, I have nice eyes, I have nice legs, I don't know. Um, and so the physical stuff, then the positive things about who you are as a person. So I'm, you know, I'm nice, I'm friendly, I'm kind, I'm caring. All of these, I have a good sense of humour, all these sort of things um, about, you know, who you are as a person. Um just anything positive that you can have about yourself, write them all down and keep writing on that same list. Mm. You know, I help people I'm, um, you know, just all the things, yeah, positive, positive. Um, and from that as well, you could also have little affirmations Um have a little, you know, people like to write them on little bits of paper and stick them onto the mirror or something in the bathroom. Um, you know, yes, you are good enough, you are lovely, you have got nice eyes, whatever, yeah. you know, um, just because we need that because that's, the, again, the thing that we should have from our mum. Our mum should be there saying, oh, you look lovely today. You ha- you're so pretty or something. Um, But of course, we've never had that. So now we have to do it to ourselves. So yeah. by writing these little lists of positive things about ourselves, Um, affirmations just to as a way of trying to build us up a little bit
0: Mm. yeah and I think why you're at this point of yours is so important is because if we do feel down about ourselves or if we do have low self-esteem then I feel like if you have like negative emotions about yourself then it's like the snowball effect it's like if you feel unworthy then you are like well I'm on I'm on unworthy I'm stupid. If I'm stupid, it probably means that I can't perceive the reality accurately. And then it feeds about self doubt, because then you are thinking, if I can't see it clearly, because I'm stupid, it must mean that my mom or whoever is the narcissistic person in my life, that they are actually right, they are seeing the truth. And I'm just being this blind person who is just living in in their own bubble and don't know anything about like, I don't even know what's best for me. So, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just yeah. snowball effect. So that's why, you know, doing that self-love, whatever and however it, however, whatever self-love is to you, like you kind of have to find your own self-love things that you, uh, you do. It prevents this snowball effect. At least that's how I feel. Yeah. Like, if when I'm feeling very down, it all of a sudden everything feels so, you know, negative, everything else. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It is it's it's sort of about reparenting yourself, isn't it? You haven't had this lovely, nurturing, loving mum figure. So you have to do it yourself. So you have to, you know, in your own head, you know what you need and then, you know, try to give it to yourself um and your imagination almost, you know. So if you need you know, if you need somebody to say, um, you know, I love you then go and tell yourself, I love you, you Mm. you are lovable, you are lovely.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And maybe one, one thing that I could, I would want to add to this question number two, is that if you do notice that you do have this self doubting thought, Mm. just approach it like, um, like don't panic, (laughs) like don't, don't immediately kind of, uh, Believe it, write it down, write why am I feeling like this? Why am I fi- feeling like this? And this little bit links to my, um, you know, when I said those four things that have helped me, um, the number two was that I, um, uh, said that you should maybe think about what situations trigger it. Mm-hmm. So when you are asking yourself, why am I feeling like this? Then you probably maybe are like, well i'm failing like this because i had this interaction with my mom or you know that's that's one way to get into the core of the problem but just approach your self doubting thought with you know step back and step out like you said uh, in one question you said you should try to step out kind of from yourself Uh, uh, and try to detach yourself so i think that advice applies very well here in the question number two uh, about dealing with self-doubt
1: yeah 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 yeah. yes detaching is a good thing to do i think trying (laughs) to observe the situation from a different perspective just further back it's just the things are much easier when you come out of yourself and you observe it from a distance
0: yeah yeah because then you don't anymore have these emotions that for example i often have it's at the same time grief hope that kind of Make it harder to actually see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Great.
0: Okay. Then uh, we have question number three, and this is I have felt like a burden being called sensitive and. Being made to believe that I'm not normal for as long as I can remember. Because of this, I often find myself feeling like my thoughts, feelings and emotions are psychologically abnormal. How can I overcome this? How can I find ways to remind myself that my thoughts, feelings and emotions are just as valid as someone else's?
1: Mm-hmm. But for the words that really, really struck me here is burden. <gasps> Because you do feel like you're a burden with a narcissistic person. I'm going to assume that this is her mum that she's talking about here. So I'm just going to continue as though it's a mum. But this can be for any other narcissistic relationship too. Um, but certainly the, the bird, I think when when they make you feel like you're a burden on them, it's usually because you haven't complied with what they want. <laughs>
0: mm
1: you know um, so therefore you're then an inconvenience to them because you haven't complied you're an inconvenience and therefore you must be punished so you you know you're made to feel like a burden um, if that makes sense yeah it makes um, yeah so it's nothing to do with you being a burden at all <laughs> it's simply because you haven't complied to their wish whatever they wanted you to do um, so they sort of have to punish you then for for having not being so compliant um It's horrible feeling that like you you know your fault for everything um I was trying to think of an example of this um I could just think of like a silly example for example um let's go to let's go to the christmas market um let's go at ten o'clock in the morning. We'll go to the Christmas market. And you say, oh, I, you know, I have something else on, but I can come with you to the Christmas party at half past ten. So you're going to be half an hour later than what she wanted. But that's not good enough, of course, because you haven't given up whatever activity you were doing. You've put that first and not her. Mm. Um. So then that's you. So for the whole rest of the day, you'll be blamed over and over and over again for everything that happens. So you arrive in the car, there's no car parking space that's your fault because we're half an hour later Uh, you know we go and find something oh no there's none of that here because it's already been sold because we were so late we didn't get we missed all of that so that's not here so just everything gets blamed on you all day long um oh i'm you know i'm so tired that's because i had to wait for you for such a long time (laughs) that's everything (laughs) everything everything so you are you are made to feel like the biggest burden ever But actually, the truth of it all is it was just because you didn't comply. First thing, you didn't come around at 10 o'clock. So you're being punished, (laughs) which is And again, once you can see the truth of it, her her thinking behind it, then you can sort of make some sense of it. It's still not nice and it's still horrible. Mm. But once you have an understanding, it doesn't, you know, it sort of It hopefully becomes a bit of a less you feel less burdenous Mm -hmm. (laughs) to them, you know, so the same with sense, you know, being called sensitive. Oh, you're too sensitive. And this again is usually because you haven't complied Um, or worse than that, that you've actually stood up for yourself. So, for example, if if she's calling you, oh, you're again stupid or fat, ugly, all these things, one of those. Um, if you actually stand up and say, no, I'm not. Oh, then they say, oh, I'm, you know, you're being so sensitive. You're just too sensitive. You are. I was only joking, mm. you know, because they can't. If you actually stand up for yourself, they can't. They can't deal with that. So, yeah. So then they have to, again, blame you and call you too sensitive. <laughs> Those words just really, whoa, felt, you know, <laughs> outed out at me. Um, And then she says here, so uh, made to believe that I am not normal. That, again, is just, you know, with all the blaming and the uh, humiliating, belittling, all of it, you do feel like you're not normal. You know, you really do, don't you? If you've had this day in, day out, um, it's awful to feel like that. Um, So, yeah, if you can just try and... um, realize that no this is a narcissistic dysfunctional thinking. Mm. Um so whatever she's saying is completely dysfunctional. Probably actually most of it is the exact opposite. <laughs> you know, because it's so untrue usually. If you actually look at the opposite that gives you a clearer picture of what's actually real. If that makes sense. Again, stay away from this person as much as you can. <laughs> Avoid spending time with them. Um, yes, it is It's all about just being if you're not compliant, then you're gonna be punished. um it's not healthy at all um again, they have to be in the power powerful position, the dominant position, so it's all about keeping you down here in the submissive position mm-hmm. the second you do anything at all, then they have to put you down to put you back in your place um that's the only way that they'll be half happyish yeah. So I think it really is just about understanding it all. Once you understand it, then you can hopefully see it um, with practice. Uh, keep writing, you know, keep recording stuff, writing everything down so that you have a sort of a record that it's, you know, it was as you remember it. Um, mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, so to sum it up, knowledge about the dysfunction this functionality of the narcissist thinking really helps you to understand that, oh, they are just, there's a reason why they call me burden and sensitive, but it just has nothing to do with the reality or me actually being a burden and sensitive. And I think maybe one thing that has helped me is that I actually try to think it like, um, what is what actually it means if someone is sensitive. I actually think like a truly sensitive person in this situation probably would have reacted like this or truly a person who is a burden is like this. And then if I compare it to how I behaved or how I reacted, I can see I wasn't like e- anywhere near that. Yeah. Like, and then you can kind of see that, oh, yeah, it, it is not like that. That's mm-hmm. not the case at all.
1: Because also like being sensitive, isn't that just a human quality? It's a quality of being a human being, isn't it? That we're yeah, sensitive. that's true. That's too. A Good quality. We need more human beings who are sensitive. That's what we need. <laughs> that's what we are.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that That's a good point. Also, yeah, that, that is very good point that if someone does call you sensitive, that like it's it's um depending on the situation but often it's not a bad thing but they turn it into a bad thing
1: they've twisted it into be oh that means that you're weak no (laughs) sensitive is a good quality to have as a human being that's what we should be (laughs) (laughs) so really we need to say oh thank you yes i am a bit sensitive (laughs) thank you (laughs) it's just yeah it's just using these words as ammunition isn't it mm. haven't
0: complied. exactly and the last part of this question how can i find ways to remind myself that my thoughts feelings and emotions are just as valid as someone else's this makes me think that the person asking this question is not valuing valuing themselves as much as others so lack of self-love kind yeah. of uh, comes to my mind in this because if you are doubt Like, doubt, like you are having trouble to value, think that you matter as much as anybody else. It does sound like a lack of self love, and that you think that you are not worthy the same amount of validation as, like, anybody else.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And also, I would say that really, if you're feeling a certain way, then if you can feel it and acknowledge that feeling, and stay with that feeling because your body doesn't lie to you if you're feeling sad that's because you have something sad to feel sad about Mm. (laughs) you should be feeling sad your body's not you know if you're really really sad and your body suddenly goes really really happy and you feel like really joyous happy no your body's not going to lie to you your body's a really good measuring gauge of what the heck's going on inside you and how you are feeling So if you're, you know, that's one of the first things that I always say with my clients is to try and get in connection with how you're feeling physically in your body. How are you feeling? You know, um, are you feeling happy? Are you feeling sad? Is your heart pounding? Have you got a sore tummy? I don't know. All these physical things um, because that's such a good gauge. And yet often, especially with gaslighting, we're sort of trained not to listen to our bodies you know i remember times you know um as a child saying oh you know i feel whatever and my mum saying no you don't feel like that yeah <laughs> oh okay then so then you try oh okay i don't feel like that okay but um, that's, that's just silly isn't it? you know our bodies we feel as we feel
0: And that's the truth yeah and that if someone responds to you like that and when you are a child like in your example then you're like oh okay mom says i don't feel like that you end up suppressing the feeling and suppressing emotions like very like difficult ones like the sadness or whatever it's yeah it's it's very harmful for you like it yeah
1: Exactly. And that's, of course, then it goes on to adult life as well. And later on, Um, and then, you know, you suddenly you don't know why you're crying in the middle of a supermarket because you've suddenly something has triggered you in the supermarket and you're suddenly crying or whatever (laughs) in an embarrassing place, you know, Um, it's because we haven't been allowed to feel our proper feelings all this time, because we were gaslighted or gaslit, you know, yeah it's really good so this person you know if they can just feel their feelings um and then they can the hard bit, of course is trying to figure out why they feel it like that but as long as they are in connection with their body and they can actually feel the real feelings that's the truth yeah you know then from these true feelings then you can work out why and what's going on exactly Um, and
0: uh This is um, what I did first when I kind of realized that my relationship with my mother wasn't a healthy one. The very first thing that I did was it already came up uh, earlier in our uh, discussion to be the parent to yourself and validate yourself. So that is what I did first and because this question is about how can I find ways to remind myself that i matter and my feelings are as valid as someone else's is to just simply start to validate them to yourself because and that that is what i it, it felt silly that i as an adult person had to you know Say to myself, Juliana, you are feeling like this because, or I gave myself scenarios and examples. Maybe you are feeling like this because this, or it w- it is because of this, or all of these things. And then I just with. Asking myself these questions, I got to the root of the emotion and the problem, and I felt relieved, more relieved. But it did feel silly first, and I was first, I was struggling to name the emotions in the first place because that never happened in my childhood. So I printed out a list of emotion words, yeah. and I think this was very helpful for me because I was just sitting with this emotion. I didn't know what it meant. I was like, what is going on? I just, And I went to the list of emotions, uh, emotion words, and then I wrote wrote down every emotion that resonated with me somehow my eyes, you know, somehow, I was like, okay, that that word somehow, you know, uh, resonates with me. And then I started asking myself questions. Why do I feel sad? Why do I feel hopeless? Why do I feel irritated, scared, stuff like that. So just that is very simple, simple way. And I did that for a long time. And now it's automatic.
1: Yes. But yeah. I
0: did have to do it every day. I yes. I took like 15 minutes every morning. And yeah. one more thing that was very helpful for me was that uh, like, often, I feel like people give these tips and for to to handle negative emotions. But mm, what yeah. improved the quality of my life that it didn't matter that I actually enjoyed a lot too also when I had those good days and then I asked myself well why do I feel happy today and then yeah. I wrote why did I feel happy or why am I feeling grateful or like free and yeah. stuff like that then it turned into more like a, mm, is it a great gratis, gratitude journaling exercise Journal. exercise yeah. kind yeah. of yeah. yeah so remember also to uh, you know, validate those positive feelings as well. I think it's, it's very, very important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say on the internet, you can find feeling wheels. It's mm. just a, like you said, a list of feeling words in a wheel, and then you can color in some the words that really resonate with you. Yeah, um, yeah. because a lot of people, they don't know, they feel something, but they're not quite sure what it is. But just by seeing the word then, oh yes, that's what I'm feeling. Yeah. Helping you to put your finger on the emotion.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then we also talked about kind of if you are in a narcissistic relationship and you are trying to express, hey, I feel like this. And then they say, no, you don't. Or that and that um, that basically means that you have to suppress your emotions because you're like, okay, well, I don't feel like this. So I'm going to suppress it. That there are like many signs of suppressed like signs that you can look for in yourself and figure out if you are suppressing your emotions right now, or if you have suppressed them for a long time. And for me, those signs looked like, uh like mood swings that I could in one moment, I would be like, very okay. And then the next just like, <laughs> like yeah. completely like, yeah. opposite. And know. other one is outbursts. Is that the yeah. way I pronounce yeah. it? Yeah, perfect. Yeah. 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 And then, like, irritated all the time or very often. And then the last one is that, uh, engaging into maladaptive coping. So, whatever it could, maladaptive coping could be, uh, you know, drinking alcohol or using drugs or, mm, you Sex. know yeah sex could be one or just uh you know very attention seeking behavior you just you know try to avoid what you are actually kind of feeling or you use uh like food to deal with your emotions or whatever some people even they cut themselves yeah and you know if you can identify uh i mean these things that i just listed out are all signs of suppressing emotions yeah as well
1: yeah yeah because if we suppress all of these feelings that we're not allowed to have, anger is a really common one. If you know, as a child, if you're angry and your mum says, no, angry isn't tolerated, that's, we're not allowed to feel angry, especially if you're a girl maybe, and I don't know, maybe that's before your time. In my time, it was just unacceptable for a girl to be angry, that was no. So then of course you build up, you have to suppress it every time. So you have a big, huge store of rage inside you which doesn't go anywhere because it doesn't matter how much you try to push it down, push it down. It doesn't just, you know, fizzle out somewhere. It it stays there, getting bigger. And this again, this is where you find yourself in the supermarket, and suddenly you're going absolutely raw because <laughs> <whether> somebody's <laughs> dropped an apple at your foot, and you're <laughs> really killing them. You know, something ridiculous. A lot of people with anger issues because they've had to suppress all these mm-hmm. negative feelings all their lives you know anger yeah. so um, if you see a road rage is the same if you see somebody <laughs> mm-hmm. going up the bonkers in the car that's usually because they have a lot of stored up anger yeah. you know it can be dangerous I mean we're laughing about it now but it can be dangerous yeah. or you know? well,
0: they are a narcissist and they are experiencing narcissistic rage because they are not the first in line
1: (laughs) true (laughs) (laughs) on the other extreme of that I'm just thinking as well just off the top of my head is I get a lot of clients who are completely numb so they Mm. can't feel anything because again they've had to suppress 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 to the point where if they feel anything at all it's Sort of must just got too much, so they their body has just turned itself off,
0: mm
1: you know usually was was traumatized people, but um that's yeah, so you you know, and I've been there as well, I've been completely in I was numb for seven years completely. how did you
0: um, how did you reconnect with your feelings and yours like how did you get rid of that numbness, or is it still there?
1: no, 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 it's not there now, no. Um, I had to move, change my environment, move house. I just changed everything. I moved to a different country. Um, and uh, I had some fun <laughs> with people who I liked, and there was no narcissistic people in my environment at all. And I actually had some fun and enjoyment. And that was really what woke me up. Mm. And I, I, yeah, started feeling, you know, before, when I was in that seven years, um, you know i was out partying but i couldn't feel any joy you know mm. i was drinking alcohol all of that but i couldn't nothing would make me feel good or bad or i just couldn't feel anything okay like I was gonna say with a whole change of everything <laughs> then i um yeah i was able to finally oh gosh i can i can feel happy today and i can feel sad and you know okay. so, yeah i don't know what the answer is to that to to try and get yourself out of feeling numb um but certainly a a change is um quite good um perhaps and a change of you know just make sure that you have nice supportive friends around you um you know i don't know if there is an answer to that to try because i did try to force myself into feeling stuff
0: Like Luciana said, there probably isn't one straightforward answer to how to overcome emotional numbness and it probably looks a little bit different for everyone. But let me give you six ideas that you could try in order to overcome the emotional numbness. First, take an honest look at your life and yourself. Are you living the kind of life that you want to live? Are you reaching your full potential? Are you living according to your core values? Maybe you feel numb because you are living for someone else, trying to please someone else. Maybe you are not challenging yourself, not setting goals for yourself and therefore you won't see how amazing and capable you can be because you do not put yourself in situations that can make you grow. Or maybe you don't know or don't remember what your core values are and are not living according to them. We have created a guide that helps you to reconnect with your core values and the link to that guide is in the podcast notes. Second, you may feel numb because you don't know how to identify and express your emotions or listen to your body. Try learning how to identify and express your emotions and see if it helps you to get in touch with your emotions. Internet has many great resources about learning how to identify and express emotions, so just Google that. Third, Maybe practicing mindfulness helps you to overcome emotional numbness. Mindful.org defines mindfulness as, quote, the basic human ability to be fully present, aware of where we are and what we are doing, and not overly reactive or overwhelmed by what's going on around us, end quote. We all have this quality, we just have to learn how to access it, and again, Google is a great place to find exercises how to practice mindfulness or you can use our guide and the link again can be found in the podcast notes. Fourth, try what Luciana did which was to have fun. Do things that you enjoy. Try activities that bring or brought you joy and try them even if you do not first feel like doing anything. Luciane also surrounded herself with supportive people and removed narcissistic and toxic people out of her life. Fifth, remember the basics, so make sure you are living a healthy lifestyle. Cope with your stress in a healthy way, get enough sleep, eat a healthy diet, move your body, and avoid using substances or engaging in maladaptive coping. Sixth, some medications might cause emotional numbness. So if you are currently taking medications, you can ask your doctor if the medications that you are taking cause emotional numbness. And then the two of you can consider changing the dosing or switching to a different medication. Lastly, talking to a mental health professional is always a good idea because they can help you better understand your emotional numbness and where it comes from. So if you are able to seek professional support, consider doing that. Okay. What did you do that didn't work?
1: Well, I just tried to go out and have fun and have parties and stuff, but that <laughs> didn't ever work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. So I wouldn't bore you with all the things that I tried, but I tried quite a lot of things and <laughs> none of it helped, <laughs> okay. you know, so I mean, it helps temporarily, doesn't it? If you drink alcohol, for example, it helps a little bit, but it doesn't really, cause it just, yeah, I was still numb I was sort of pretending to myself that it was helping but it really wasn't mm. you
0: know okay great yeah. um, I think we had some pretty great questions today and mm-hmm. some pretty great answers as well to these questions so I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode and thank you Lucienne for coming to this episode again and answering all these questions
1: Yes, thank you. It was great fun again.
0: If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share the episode with your friends and family. Have a wonderful rest of your day and see you in the next episode.